0: good evening. It's good to see everybody tonight. Glad to have those of you joining with us online there, especially if you're on Facebook or YouTube, uh, Twitter there. Be sure to like, to share, uh, to retweet. Be sure to subscribe there uh, on YouTube. Click that little notification bell. And be sure when you click your notification bell that it's set to all. That way anytime we go live uh, you'll be able to get that notification when we do. And then welcome also to our phone live streaming Uh, people who are listening to to us online, uh, through the phones, uh, if you need that number, uh, please call the church office. We'll be glad to give you that number, uh, so that you can uh, take advantage of that or share that with others. Uh, let me just encourage you to go to our church website at highlandbaptistchurch.com. It's under the info tab there that you can download the worship bulletin for this week. Uh, If you need one of these, they're in the windowsills here in person uh, or at the doors uh, as you leave, so be sure to get one of those. Uh, We don't have any more children's bulletins left from Sunday. All those got taken, so that's great, but you can go to our website. Uh, there under that info tab, and you can download those there. You can share the link uh, with anybody there each week. It changes, uh, so you'll want to reshare the link each time uh, because it goes along with that Sunday morning's uh, message. And then also you'll find the prayer list there under the info tab, so be sure to get that downloaded. Um, That's what we'll be using tonight, so if you do need one of these in person there on the front uh, pew here, we'll be glad to get you one. If somebody comes in, make sure uh, they get one. Uh, and then this is also, I just want to pause for just a second to test something here. This is for the ladies that are back in the kitchen tonight. If you would bring my uh, dinner up here to the office and put it in my office, then I'll know if you were listening tonight. <laughs> so, you said you were going to listen, so. <laughs> So we'll test it and see. Uh, But if you need to comment on prayer requests, be sure to do that on Facebook. That's what we'll be looking at live to see uh, those Facebook requests on. And then I do have some more of the uh, Kings of Israel and Judah sheets. If you need some of those, let me know. Uh, We don't have those in here, uh, but I can get you one of those real quickly, real easily. So, Brother Mike, if you'll come.
1: That's pretty good. Take your hymnals and turn to 531. Let's sing Redeemed, all three verses. Miss Pat? <laughs> redeemed how I love to proclaim it, Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Redeemed through. His infinite mercy, His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, His child and forever I am. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of his presence with me doth continually dwell. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, his child and forever I am. I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. Redeemed, redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, his child, and forever I am. Thank
0: you. Thank you. So let me take a moment here to get switched over to Facebook. Uh, That's where we'll follow your prayer requests there. So. Be sure to go ahead and comment that way uh, when we do uh, get to uh, looking there we'll be able to see uh, your request uh, there hopefully you've had time to go to our website and get that downloaded Uh, so let me get my volume down Uh, all right so i already see two there Uh, two of them i have already on my notes thank you miss ella uh, so as you hopefully have got your prayer list, as we take a look at that prayer list, uh, let me just, um, there are a few that I want to update. I actually made some, a bunch of sticky notes today to make sure I give you all the information uh, that I wanted to give to you. Uh, one of those is here, so uh, you see she's doing better, Samantha's doing better. I uh, want to remember Jimmy Gaddis? he's recovering, but he's doing, improving, so keep him in your prayers. I um, want to uplift him. Uh, as we go down some of the list, uh, and I don't know that I have this in any particular order, maybe I do. Uh, on the Highland Baptist Church family side, uh, Miss Bertie Davis fell the other day, so want to keep her uh, in your prayers. Still, uh, she's still having a rough time. Uh, wanted to give an update on Miss Diane Tatum. She's not in any pain anymore, uh, but still just seeking to regain that strength that she's lost over over this time that she's had all that back pain. So keep her in prayer for that, but she's doing better there. Randy Alexander, uh, who is Miss Imogene uh, Smith's uh, son-in-law, uh, he is doing better uh, also. He had had some heart issues and, and uh, had to have his heart shock. So just continue to pray everything goes well with that and stays that way, but uh, he was doing better. Uh, also, we had shared uh, last time, and maybe you have an update for us, Ms. Rima, um, on uh, Steve, maybe he had his PET scan last Friday. How did that go? Okay. So do remember, Steve, maybe still in your prayers. uh, As we said, he had a PET scan last Friday. uh, And for those of you who are online especially, so you can hear that. Uh, they were real pleased with the results from that, uh, but he's not cancer-free. Uh, he's, it did quite a number on him with the treatment, so uh, just continue to keep him uh, in your prayers. Uh, Katie Pugh, and this is one that Miss Ella had shared uh, online here also, uh, she is going to be having a biopsy in the chest. Uh, real soon. So uh, keep her in your prayers. If there's any other update there, Masella, if you'd let us know that, but we want to continue to remember Katie Pugh in our prayers as well as uh, Matthew Ratcliffe. Um, uh, He is slowly improving and we praise the Lord for that, but he still has a long ways uh, to go. Uh, and then also when you move over to the, well, let me get one other This over here on this side. Uh, that's Miss Wanda Nichols. Uh, she's listed there at Life Care. She's actually been in Vanderbilt uh, the last few days. And uh, Todd called me today to tell me that they're bringing her home Friday uh, and bring her with hospice. And so just want to remember uh, Todd Nichols and his family in prayer with his mother, Wanda, uh, there. And then also, uh, on the friends and family side there, uh, to give a few updates, uh, Jason Ramsey, uh, who was the pastor at Center Grove. uh, He had been in the hospital for quite some time, then was uh, moved to a a facility close down to Huntsville for rehab. Uh, He is at home now and continuing to improve, so we praise the Lord for that. Uh, Just continue to pray as he seeks to get his strength back also. Uh, Samantha's brother-in-law, Dennis, McCulloch is going to be having surgery sometime soon from his stroke that he had, uh, so we want to keep him in your prayers. They are doing some tests first to make sure that they need to do that or not, but um, just keep him in your prayers as that is a possibility looming on the horizon. I saw uh, Nathan Dorrell uh, earlier this week, and they are still nowhere progressed anywhere on the uh, repairs at the Motlow BCM. Uh, They're having a difficult time there. Part of it's insurance and then part of it's the workers. Everybody's so overloaded with work and stuff and being able to get them uh, to come out. So they're looking at at least a couple more weeks before someone's able to come out and to begin begin starting the work uh, that needs to be done. Uh, there at the Motlow BCM. We have been, they have been using our uh, ministry center uh, for the last couple of Tuesdays for their Bible study and may need to continue to do that um, as they progress through the future here with all that till things are repaired. Uh, But they're doing that on Tuesday evening. So if you see individuals over there, that's what's going uh, on over there. And then also we found out that uh, George Duncan had had to go to the hospital last week. He had another stent put in. And so uh, he, it was an outpatient thing, which was amazing that they can do that stuff outpatient now, but uh, they did. He said, he's feeling great, uh, but he's back at home. So, but do just take that note and be in prayer for him. Um, uh, Someone had shared with me also that had visited Miss Beverly Daniels that uh, she seems to be doing fairly well from uh, all the things that she has gone through too, but uh, there too with the cancer, just keep her uh, in your prayers. Miss Brenda Gilbert has been coming, but she's in a lot of pain also with her back and legs. So just keep her in your prayer uh prayers for that uh david hess as we've shared before his treatments uh have been harder this time on him uh, than before and so want to keep in your him in your prayers still uh tommy griffin's mom and this is not on our prayer list but he shared this with us uh sunday and we could share also uh, that she is in a facility down in brook brookdale down near huntsville uh, not the brookdale here and so uh, want to keep her in your prayers uh A lot of things there back and forth with dementia. And so uh, just a horrible disease there. So keep them in your prayers. Uh, We have on our prayer list there also on the friends and family side, Rhonda Morris. Uh, She is cancer free, but she is still struggling to regain her strength from all the chemo treatments that she went through uh, also. And so uh, she also has the colostomy bag that she'll probably have to wear uh, the rest of her life. So keep that in your prayers. Also back later this year in August, we'll be doing another uh, craft fair fundraiser thing uh, for her over at the ministry center. Uh, you'll notice on the prayer list, I have uh, my neighbor, Kenny uh, uh He's gonna be having surgery soon to put some uh, probe things, uh, kind of sort of what Andrew Newton had to have uh, with his, he has Parkinson's and they can use that same kind of technology for individuals with Parkinson's. And so he's gonna be having that uh, soon, so keep him in your prayers. My cousin Cindy Cruz uh, is doing better, and so we praise the Lord for that. Uh, still uh, uh, had cancer there, but just keep her in your prayers. And then David Wall. Uh, just to give you the update there. uh, He is in the in-house therapy down at the hospital in Winchester and last week had a urinary infection. So they had to take, he was right there at the hospital. So they had to take him over and give him a high powered antibiotics to get that knocked down. And he seems to be doing well from that. And so those are some of the updates that I have. Is there any others that maybe you have or Yes, but she's back. Yes. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, they were hoping to get a room open there for her. and uh, so that's uh, Faye Gold Stacy, uh, who is on the prayer list there with medical issues, Sherry Yates sister. She is back in the hospital. Any others? any other updates, Any other requests? Okay. Well, just to mention that with Wanda Nichols and Todd, he had shared that we could share that tonight, but uh, we won't be doing a call out on that particular situation. And when she, if she does pass, which she probably will soon, um, we'll be sending out a call out then uh, to let everybody know any plans of anything with that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer then for all of these requests. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much (coughs) for your grace and for your mercy, for your loving kindness, for your almighty power that there is nothing, Lord, that happens in our lives that you're not able to take care of. Lord, I pray that tonight as we come before you and we come in your presence, we know that you are a holy God and we still struggle with sin in our hearts and our lives Uh, maybe it's not something openly that everybody even knows about maybe it's just a thought that we had that we committed a sin or maybe it's a and and something we did that uh something we didn't do that we should have been doing uh, such as sharing the gospel maybe we've been disobedient when you've told us to talk with a person or to share with a person our faith in christ and so father i pray That whatever sins that you bring out into the presence of our minds and our thoughts tonight, by the light of the truth of your word and your presence, Lord, may we confess those things before you. We don't want anything, Lord, to hinder our prayers with you. And so, Father, I come with humility in my heart asking, Lord, for you to forgive us of our sin, to show your mercy towards us uh, and, and to give us your grace, Lord, that we do not deserve. Father, I pray that as you forgive us and cleanse us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, may you cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. And, Father, I pray that uh, we will be faithful to walk with you more faithfully every day than we have the day before. Uh, Lord, lead us into the truth of your word, that your word would be that lamp unto our feet and that light unto our path to guide us in every step of the way lord i pray that you would uh, help us lord to uh, walk one day at a time one moment at a time one step at a time and when we find that we have strayed uh, from the path may we deal with those sins right then father we come before you tonight and we want to intercede for (coughs) for many people who are on our prayer list and we just pray, God, that as we stand in the gap for them, Lord, may you reach down from heaven in a powerful way to touch them, to heal them, to show your power and your glory and your majesty in a way, uh, Lord, that would be only be able to be explained that it was your hand at work. Lord, we pray that uh, you will continue. And thank you, Lord, so much for the answers to prayers that we have had. But Lord, we know there are many still. Uh, who need your physical touch upon them? Many who still need strength after having gone through uh, various situations and and it's just zapped them completely. And so, Father, I just pray that you will give them the strength that they need uh, each and every day, uh, Lord, to regain those functions uh, that they had before. Father, we pray for those who are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, also, and we ask God that Your Holy Spirit will come alongside them to comfort them, to strengthen them, to guide them uh, through that time, to, to know, Lord, that you are with them. And Father, may you give them a peace in their hearts that passes all understanding as you wrap your love or loving arms around them, as you shower them with your grace and your mercy. May they feel and sense your presence with them. And may they know that there are individuals who are praying for them even now. Lord, I pray for us that we would be faithful to share when you give us those opportunities with people around us, whether that's at work or in our community where we live or maybe even in our own home with our kids or our grandkids to instill the truths of, of God's word and the gospel uh, in their hearts. Father, I pray that you will have your hand upon our church as we continue to press forward and and shining the light of your truth in the world of darkness around us. Be with our children who are here tonight, Nawana, as they're memorizing scripture, as they're uh, doing some things, Lord, to, to learn more about you. May you uh, use those things, Lord, in their lives to to stir their hearts to their need for Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I pray, Lord, that you will raise up uh, a mighty army uh, through our children and through our youth. Lord, bless our youth tonight. Uh, Bless all the workers with Awana and our youth workers tonight. And we just ask God that you will have your hand upon them in a powerful, powerful way. Lord, bless us as we come to the final chapters here of the book of Hosea. And may your word be uh, just powerful, May it uh, pierce our hearts. May it show us any uh, and convict us of any sin we may have. But Lord, I pray it would also bring a word of encouragement and hope to us in the midst of all we see around us in our society in the world we live in, much like the world Hosea lived in. Lord, that there is still hope, that you still have a plan and a purpose uh, for people's lives. And so, Father, I pray for your blessings upon each and every one uh, of us tonight as we hear from your Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts. And may we respond to whatever decisions you lay upon our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to the book of Hosea, chapter 11. We're going to look at 11, 12. 13 and 14, four chapters here. Uh, so obviously we're not going to look at every verse uh, as we've done in even in these last three uh, sections or last two sections. Now in this third one. And so I've entitled this one, uh, this message, Welcome Home. And that may sound like a hopeful message, and it is. Uh, so as you've uh, looked here, the great part of these verses is that Hosea's prophecy doesn't end on a gloomy note. Uh, He's spoken rather frankly uh, about Israel's pollution of their their sinfulness. He's talked about the punishment for their sin. But in these closing chapters, he's going to end on a positive uh, message about Israel's pardon. And so the fact that God pardons them uh, in their sin is what he's going to be talking about. So what we, what we have to be constantly aware of as you study the book of Hosea is that Hosea, as we've said before, just a refresher and a reminder, he's writing all of this out of the background of his own marital tragedy. Uh, so you'll remember he married Gomer. Uh, she turned out to be a prostitute. She left home, uh, went back into the far country. they had had some kids. Uh, he was sure two of those weren't his and was questioning even the third one. Uh, she kind of went to the, back to the far country, so to speak, if you will, back to the life that she lived before. She wound up on the slave market. Hosea went there and purchased her for half price. Uh, he redeemed her, he restored her, and he brought her back. Well, the final chapter in the story of Hosea, as we said, is not a gloomy chapter. It's a happy chapter. Uh, It's the story of how Hosea brings his wife back, and she returns to him, and she learns what it meant to be the kind of wife that she should have been to start with. And and so God's final note uh, in all of Scripture is always glory. Uh, God's last note isn't a gloomy note. It's always a glory note. And so God says to the children of Israel, there's a future glory out there for you. Yeah, it looks bad right now. Yes, things are difficult right now, but there is glory and hope out there for the future. And we read about it in these chapters. And so applying it to us as children of God in the 21st century, God has a future glory for us. Uh, awaiting for us also. And so even though we may fail the Lord and and even though we may not deserve all the blessings uh, of the Lord and even though we may sometimes wander away from the Lord uh, and and have to be chastised and have to be dealt with uh, because of it, God says when the final chapter of the Christian experience is written, it's all going to be glory. Isn't that a wonderful truth to remember for us? So when you read through the last chapters here, you're gonna find an unusual method. The Lord's gonna speak and, and he speaks of his love and then Hosea is gonna come right back and remind the Lord of the sins of the people and how unworthy they are and how they need to be, uh, how, they, how they tend to be so backslidden and yet the Lord will come right back in the conversation in these last chapters here uh, to, to, uh, to, to reassert his love uh, for them. The more you know about the Bible and the more you study it, the more you understand God's love uh, for us, uh, that it's a love that will not let us go. And so in chapter 11, the first thing we're going to learn is God's involvement with his people. We're going to learn in chapter 11 his involvement with. His people, and so uh, we're not going to read all the verses uh, as we said before, but we're going to start with verse one and verse two in just a moment. But he takes us on a little memory journey, if you will. In chapter 11, sometimes you find this in the Psalms uh, where the psalmist will go back and, and, and re- recount what's happened uh, in the past with God's people. Well, that's what happens here in chapter 11 God's past dealings with the children of Israel. In the book of Deuteronomy, God had constantly said to the people in Deuteronomy, to, to not forget, don't forget me, don't forget my commands, don't forget my word, don't forget me and we should never forget. But also in the book of Deuteronomy, he emphasizes remember. So not just don't forget, but remember. Remember what God has done for us. So there are times, I would encourage you, if you don't journal any, I would encourage you to at least journal some, uh, to, to write down things, significant things that happen in your life because those things that you write down, you can always go back to when you're going through a difficult time and you're wondering where God is and why isn't God working? Is he gonna is he still faithful? Is all hope lost? You can go back to those accounts and see God was faithful here and God was faithful there and I was going through a difficult time there and he helped me through that and he's going to help me through this now and you can stand on, on the past experiences there and the promises of God's word. So remember, remember what God has done for us. So he takes us on this little journey and he shows us God's involvement with his people in the past. So look at verse 1 and verse 2. He says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning offerings to idols. So he's talking there about what he did, what God did for them in the Exodus. Now you remember he called Abraham way prior to that, before they ever got down uh, to Egypt, but that's the primary place where Israel comes from, as we're gonna see here uh, in just a moment. They were in bondage there in Egypt, and God reached down into the land of Egypt, and he called them uh, out of that place. Uh, By the way, this verse is quoted in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 15 where it's ultimately fulfilled in the person of the Lord Jesus because you remember as, as a young baby uh, Jesus himself was carried down into Egypt and then out of Egypt God called his own son the Lord Jesus so his point is is that God uh, dealt the, God dealt with the children of Israel like a father would deal with a child so go down to verse 3 verse 3 says Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. So here's the picture of a father, of a parent, uh, teaching a child how to walk. Uh, think about that. Do you remember that joy of, of teaching your children when they were just little? They're, they're just scooting along, dragging those little knees along and trying to get up to, to get on their feet. And then over time, you're, you're they're holding on to things and they'll let go and they fall. And they'll let go and they fall. Or you hold them by their hands and they let go and they fall. And then you keep teaching them what they need to do. What a joyful experience that is when they take those first steps. You never want to miss those first steps. Steps. You remember you teach them uh, those things. And so remember how they would stumble, how you would reach down with your loving arms. You'd pick them up again, help them to walk. Well, God wants you to remember what he's done for you, that he's done the same thing for you. He's teaching you to walk every day. And there's going to be some times when you're a babe in Christ that you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, and he's right there to scoop you up, to help you back up, to teach you like a father how to walk. Uh, He's been a part of your experience. He's been like a father uh, to a child. Well, you go down to verse 4, and he goes on and says, I led them with cords of kindness, with the bands of love, and I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws, and I bent down to them and fed them." So he, he says he's been uh, like, a, like a husband to them, the, the bonds of kindness here, uh, the bands here that he's talking about. Uh, that's the main theme of the book uh, of Hosea. God says, I have drawn you with the bands of love, uh, with the cords uh, of a man. Uh, you think about when Jesus was nailed to the cross, You ever wondered what kept Jesus bound to the cross? I mean, if he's God, he can come down off that cross if he wants to. But what kept him there? It wasn't the nails that kept Jesus there on that cross. It was the cords of love. Uh, that kept our Savior uh, on that cross. God is involved with his people like a father. He's involved with his people like a husband. And then look at verse 5. They shall not return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria shall be their king because they have refused to return to me. So Hosea just reminds the Lord of how unworthy they are of that kind of love from God. Uh, and, and, and so, uh, there in, in verse five, he says, uh, they, they won't return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria will be their King because they've refused uh, to return. Uh, verse six goes on, uh, and tells us there that the sword shall rage against their cities, consume the bars of their gates and devour them because of their counsels. And then here's where Hosea interjects and says, my people, Are bent on turning away from me, though they call out to the Most High, He shall not raise them up at all. And so God is involved with His people, not only like a father and a husband. Here's Hosea who reminds the Lord of how unworthy they are. Then God breaks in, and I think it's maybe one of the most moving verses in all the Bible, one of the great passages there, uh, when the Lord cries out in verse 8 and says, How can I give you up, O Ephraim? Now remember, the word Ephraim, the name Ephraim, is another name for the northern nation of Israel. So how can I give you up, O, o Ephraim? Uh, notice what he goes on to say here. He says, he says, how can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zebulun? My heart recalls within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. So what he's saying here in these verses, he's saying my insides are, are turning, they're churning uh, on the inside of me. He's saying my heart is torn. God is saying I'm suffering because of my love for you and because you have refused to turn back to me. You know, the great sufferer in this universe is God himself. God loves us so much that when we sin, it breaks his heart. It turns Turns his insides out, to to use human metaphors, if you will. And God says, How? How could I possibly give you up? What you have there is a little bit, uh, a little Old Testament reflection of the New Testament dilemma. Because the Bible teaches that God is a just God, uh, that He has to deal with our sins. But the Bible also says that our God is a loving God. So he's a just God, and he's a loving God, and he wants to forgive us of our sins. And so the dilemma is, how is God both just and loving at the same time? And of course we know how God solved that when he sent Jesus to the cross of Calvary and died on that old cross, God was just in that he punished us for our sins in the person of his son, Jesus. But he also was loving in that the death of Jesus on the cross offered us forgiveness for our sins. That's the wonder of the cross. You see justice and love there on the cross. And so God involved himself in dealing with our sin, but he is also extending his love look at verse 9 he says i will not execute my burning anger so think about that if god let us have it like we should have it his burning anger would consume us poof we'd be gone he says i will not though execute my burning anger i will not again destroy ephraim for i am god and not a man that's what man would do i don't get mad i get even that's not what god does he says, "I'm not man. The holy one, I am the holy one in your midst, and I will not come in wrath." So three times in the in that one verse, and we've talked about this before. When you're studying scripture uh, and and looking at interpreting scripture, there correctly. When a scripture uses something, repeats it repeatedly over in a a chapter, in a section, or in a verse. Those are important words. And so notice three times God says, I will not. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. I will not come in wrath or into the city, as other versions uh, say it there too. Three times over, though, God is saying, this is not the final story. What you've been through is not everything. God says, I've got plans for you. And this is the wonderful thing about our heavenly father also, because God sees us not just for what we are, but God sees us for for what we can become through his power and through his grace. God isn't going to give up on you. And he's not going to give us up because he has a plan for us. I don't know how that makes you feel, but that encourages me to know that when the Lord Jesus saved me, he determined that one of these days he was going to make me everything I ought to be. I'm not all I ought to be right now. You're not all you ought to be right now, but God is involved in us. God saved us, and when he saves us, he doesn't just cast us aside uh, the first time that we make a mistake. Uh, God is there for us, working on us, and one of these days he's going to make us everything he saved us to be. That is a wonderful, wonderful truth. So in chapter 11, you see God's involvement with his people. God was always there. He was there through the good, and he was there through the bad. Secondly, we see God's chastisement of his people. You see that in chapter 12 and chapter 13. So uh, sometimes the word there is used as the word punish. Uh, Probably better is the word chastisement. Let's look at verse 1 of chapter 12. Ephraim feeds on the wind and pursues the east wind all day long. They multiply falsehood and violence, and they make a covenant with Assyria, and oil is carried to Egypt. Uh, Verse 2 says, The Lord has an indictment against Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways. He will repay him according to his deeds. Now, he's talking here uh, about God's chastisement of his people, and there is a difference between punishment and chastisement. Punishment is an expression of of law. Uh, You've disobeyed the law. Chastisement is an expression of love. Punishment is a judge inflicting justice. Chastisement is a father developing character. And so you remember, think about when you were a kid and your parents were getting ready to chastise you or to discipline you. Uh, They would say, son or daughter, they would say, I want you to know this is what? It's gonna hurt me more than it's gonna hurt you. Did you ever believe that? (laughs) No, none of us did. (laughs) We probably thought they're not telling the truth because if it hurts them more than it hurts me, it's gotta be killing them because it's killing me. (laughs) So chastisement, is God's developing character within us. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6 says this, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. That's important for us to remember because parents who love their children know that they have to teach them, they have to discipline them, they have to bring chastisement. God says, I do the same thing in my dealings with my children. He chastises us. And so what he does in chapter twelve is to use uh, one of the best Old Testament illustrations of chastisement that you can find. He says in verse two there that God will punish or chastise Jacob. Now Jacob's life—this is the illustration he use, uses. Jacob's life is an is an example of how God chastises his children. If you go back to the book of Genesis, uh, you'll find what it means. What he means in verse three here of chapter twelve when he he says in the womb he took his brother talking about Jacob he took his brother by the heel and in his manhood he strove with God if you go back to Genesis and you'll look you see that he's talking about Jacob who took his brother uh, by the heel uh, in the womb as he was being born and that's back in Genesis chapter 25. Uh, When Jacob and Esau were born, uh, this new little babe, Jacob, he grabs a hold of Esau's heel. And in in fact, that's how Jacob gets his name. Jacob means heel snatcher or or trickster or deceiver. Uh, That's exactly what Jacob turns out to be. Uh, So, his name is a characteristic of who he actually is. Uh, His mama uh, wanted him to go out and pretend to be his brother Esau. uh, And Jacob said, uh, I'll seem like a deceiver to my father. That's exactly what he was. He just didn't want to seem like what he was. And and understand this all of us who are here tonight and watching online, by birth, we are all deceivers, we are born into sin. We are tricksters. We are, we, by birth, we're all schemers. You don't have to teach a baby to lie, do you? They learn it. They, that's just a, a part of their nature. So when, so when God get, saves us, there are certain things in our hearts and our lives that are there because of our fallen nature. Uh, now, understand this. You don't lose your old nature when you get saved. Uh, some people think that you, you do. Some people believe when you get saved that old nature's eradicated and you don't have it anymore. Uh, if you think you've lost your old nature when you get saved, uh, check with your wife or your husband and, or your kids, <laughs> and they'll tell you differently. Uh, that old nature is still pretty much alive. You still do wrong things. So just because you get saved doesn't mean you're now perfect. You don't have any of that old nature hanging around anymore. You don't have any of those old traits of character or those old habits of our life. Those things are still very much alive. And I know it's true that if any, uh, the Bible says, if any person be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Uh, But sometimes God has to work his chastisement in our lives uh, to, to, to loose our hold of the old life and to increase our grasp on the new life. And we're daily to be crucifying the self. So the old self is still there. Daily we're to be putting the old self to death. And so when you read in verse 3 there, it says in the womb, he took his brother by the heel, and in his manhood, he strove with God. And that tells us about Jacob's battle with God. All of Jacob's life, he was able to fight his way through. He was able to trick his way out of things, outsmart people, overcome people. And then one night, he was at the brook Jabbok. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord came, and do you remember what happened? He wrestled with, with the angel, wrestled with the angel of the Lord not wrestling like we see on TV. was an angel of the Lord here that he's wrestling with. And Jacob thought he, if he could just win the battle like he had always been winning it, But when you try to battle with God, you're always going to lose. You Remember what the angel did? He touched his, his thigh and it came out of socket and he walked with a limp after that. And it was always a reminder there of him trying to, to battle against the Lord and you tr- thinking he could outwit God. So understand, uh, God is the one who's in control. You may as well give up and go ahead and do what God wants you to do. So we see Jacob's birth and we see his battle. And the Lord touched his hip and he had that limp for the, walk, uh, walk, uh, for the rest of his life. And it was a reminder to him that he belonged to the Lord he was a new person. In fact, he even got a change of name, didn't he? So who did Jacob become? Instead of Jacob, which meant a schemer, his name was changed to Israel, which means you are a prince with God. So you have power with God. And then he, he, we, we come to Jacob's Bethel experience uh, in verse four here of chapter 12. It says, he strove with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He met with God at Bethel and there God spoke with us. Now, the name Bethel means house of God El Bethel means God of the house of God. And so he's grown at this point of verse four recounting the history of Jacob. He's grown at this point in his relationship with the Lord. He's now more interested in the God of the house of, of God than he is in the house of God. So we have to come to understand that God is the most important reality of our lives. So he rededicates his life to the Lord at Bethel, and God is using chastisement there. God is working in the life of Jacob, and while uh, he had rededicated and recommitted his life to the Lord, uh, you you would go on and and see that uh, his precious uh, wife, Rachel, Travailed in birth. She was in hard labor. Uh, And then you read, you you remember that she passed away. And before she died, she named that boy that was born Ben Oni, which means son of my sorrow. That's what she named that boy. Jacob said, no, we're not going to name him Ben-Oni, son of my sorrow. We're going to name him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. This is how God works in chastisement. God teaches us the importance of the death of Jesus Christ and the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Ben-Oni, son of my sorrows. Think about Jesus. Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He died on the cross to save us and to make it possible for us to be the kind of people that God wants us to be. Not only, though, is he the man of sorrow, he is also our Benjamin. He is the son on the right hand, the right hand of the Father, which reminds us of the resurrection, that Jesus Christ is alive. He is the living Christ and is able to work in our life and to make us What we ought to be, God's chastisement of his people. Then turn over to chapter 13 of Hosea and down to verse 14. Hosea 13 and verse 14 says, I shall ransom them from the power of Sheol, I shall redeem them from death. O death, where are your plagues? O Sheol, where is your sting? Compassion is hidden from my eyes. Now, you cannot just pass over this verse because this is such an important verse. It's a a wonderful prophecy in the Old Testament, keeping in mind that this verse was given hundreds of years before the New Testament time. Paraphrase, he's saying, who's afraid of you, death? Who cares about your taunting?" Have you read anything like that in the New Testament? Of course, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, This verse of Scripture in the book of Hosea is quoted in the New Testament in in a marvelous passage there. It's a great resurrection chapter in the Bible. It discusses the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and says that if Jesus were not raised from the dead, then our faith is vain and we're still in our sins. And you move on into that, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, and, and he talks not only about the resurrection of Christ, he talks about the resurrection of the dead believers, and then in the climax, of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 55, the Apostle Paul comes in and he quotes from this passage in Hosea. Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn over there. It won't be on the screen, but encourage you to turn over there if you can to 1 Corinthians and chapter 15. Wonderful, wonderful chapter there in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 55 down through verse 57. Notice what Paul says here. He says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's an amazing passage of scripture. I heard a preacher say one time about this passage. He said, along through the years, I used to have a little debate going on in my mind. He said about which I'd rather do when the Lord comes. I used to say earlier in the years of my ministry that I can't decide if I want to be alive or dead when the Lord comes. He, he said, I'd kind of like to be dead when he comes uh, because if I was six feet underground, I'd, I'd like to feel the kick as I come out of the dirt. <laughs> he said, but I must tell you that the older I'm getting, the more appealing the rapture instead of death is getting to me. Uh, I've got good news for you. If you are a born-again child of God, it really doesn't matter which one it is. Because this verse of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, and what he says here in Hosea is, O death, where is your sting? If you are, if you are alive when Jesus comes, you won't die. You're going to go up singing, O death, where is your sting? You didn't get me, death. But if you're dead when Jesus comes, you're going to come out of that grave, and you're going to say, oh, grave, where is your victory? Grave, you didn't win a victory over me. And I don't know which one it is for you, uh, but we need to learn both parts. Because either way, we're going up, and we're going to have a song to sing. And so God's chastisement of his people is what we see. Go back to Hosea and look at chapter 14 here as he comes to this magnificent conclusion of this prophecy from the heart of this man, Hosea, this man whose heart has been broken by Gomer and now his heart has been revived, his heart has been stirred, his heart has been blessed as Gomer has been returned into his home again and we see God's commitment to his people in chapter 14. God makes the commitment there in verse 1. He says, Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. And then he says, Take with you words, in verse 2, Return to the Lord, say to him, Take away all iniquity accept what is good, and we will pay with bulls the vows of our Lips And so God pleads there and says in verse two, take what is good or or receive us graciously. Hosea is repeating the plea of God. God is saying, uh, I want to come back. I want you to come back to me. Now, maybe we are here tonight and, uh, or maybe you know somebody uh, who's wandered away from the Lord and the Lord is saying to them or saying to you, return, come back to me. Notice what he says, though, in verse 2. He says, prepare your confession and come back to God in verse 2. He says, take with you words and return to the Lord. So if you need to come back to the Lord, uh, what are you going to say to him when you get back? If you're going to return to the Lord, what are you going to tell the Lord? You don't just say, I I don't plan to tell him anything. I'm just going to come back. It doesn't work that way. Uh, you, you think for a moment when Gomer came back to to Hosea's house that that it, it dawned on her that she uh, it, it, when when it dawned on her that she had been redeemed and uh, and that she had been restored as his wife that she just comes in the house goes back in the bedroom and and starts putting her makeup on and doesn't say anything to Hosea. No, she's coming with words to Hosea. Take with you words. In fact, that's what the Bible tells us to, that we are to confess our sins before him. The way you do that is with words that come from the heart. You think about the prodigal son in the New Testament. When he was there in the pig pen and he got tired of, uh, tired of being in the pig pen, he, he said, I'm going to rise and go to my father. And when the prodigal son, he didn't come back to the father's house and and look at the father and say nothing, go to his room and shut the door. Uh, He he says, I'm going to go back to my father and say, Father, I'm not worthy to be your son. Would you just hire me as one of your servants? He had already determined what he was going to say. In fact, when the prodigal son made his way back to the father's house and the father ran out to greet him, he had that speech already made up there. Come back with words. What do you need to tell the Lord? Do you need to tell the Lord, Lord, I've disappointed you? Or Lord, I've broken your heart. I've broken your commands. I've broken your word. Lord, I'm I'm so ashamed of what I've done. Get you some words together and tell God what you need to tell him. He already knows it. You need to come to the place of acknowledging it yourself. And say to the Lord, I want you to take away my sin, cleanse me of my sins, and receive me graciously. Lord, I need your grace. God's plea is return and bring words. But then notice God's promise. It's a beautiful poetic passage here in Hosea in verse 5 down through verse 7 where he says I will be like the dew to Israel he shall blossom like the lily he shall take root like the trees of Lebanon His shoots shall spread out, his beauty shall be like the olive, and his fragrance like Lebanon. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. When they flourish like grain, they shall blossom like the vine. Their fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. What a beautiful picture of poetry here Uh, and what God says, what happens when you come back to the Lord. The Lord will restore your beauty. You'll grow as the lily. The Lord will restore your stability, Uh, like the trees, the cedar trees of Lebanon, having those deep roots. The Lord will restore uh, your your virility. You'll have branches that'll spread. Uh, You'll be fertile. You'll be like the olive trees and the the smell and as the corn and the wine and the vine. Uh, Look at all all that's going to happen when you come back to the Lord. Look at the last verse, verse 9. Verse 9 says, Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. Wise, that means intelligence. Prudent, that means the ability to apply intelligence da- to daily life. God is saying to us, come back to me, and I want you to learn how to uh, how to attach conduct to creed. I want you to learn how to tie your behavior to your belief. I want you to be wise. I want you to know what you believe, but I want you to be prudent also and learn how to behave like you believe, to live what you're talking, what you know about God's word. I want you to have the right truth, but I also want you to have the right conduct. And so God's paths will get you where you want to go. That's what he talks about there in verse nine, for the ways of the Lord are right. And then he finishes there at the end of that verse, uh, saying that he's saying that right living people walk in God's ways easily, but wrong living people are always tripping and always stumbling. So he's given us in the book of Hosea, the example of Hosea's marriage. And then he's gone on to explain how the sin of their lives, the punishment that would come from that, but now the promise of restoration that would happen. And so he's given us two paths in life. He's given you two roads to travel. You can travel the road of of right living or you can travel the road of wrong living. And God says, I have set before you two roads. Choose. Choose the right road and live with me. Don't choose the bad road and walk away from me. One writer put it this way. He said, to turn aside from thee is hell, to walk with thee is heaven. Who are you walking with tonight? Who are you serving tonight? Who are you living for tonight? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful, beautiful book from the prophet Hosea. Lord, what a tragedy that he went through, to be able to express the message that you gave him on his heart, that he spoke out of that experience of brokenness as he spoke the truth and the prophecy to the people of Israel and then also to us today, Lord, that we ourselves have turned away from you. And, Father, I pray that if there is any area of our life that we have turned away from you, any area of our life that we have put something else where you rightly deserve to be, then, Father, I pray that you would forgive us and cleanse us and set us on the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Lord, let there not be any idols in our heart or in our life. And Father, I pray that when we see that we are straying to the right or straying to the left, may the Holy Spirit come in conviction upon us and cause us to repent of that sin and to come back, Lord, to walking that path before you. Lord, as we walk that path with you and as you lead us and guide us each and every day, we know there's going to be times that we stumble. There's going to be times that we fall. But let us be reminded in our hearts, Lord, that you will restore us if we will just come back to you. So, Lord, may we do that tonight. May we do that every day of our lives. And may you have your hand of blessing upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for joining with us uh, there online. I uh, hope you received a blessing from the book of Hosea over the last several weeks. Uh, I don't know exactly which book we'll be going to uh, next. I had on it Joel to do next, but we may change that. But. Uh, Thank you for being with us tonight. Uh, We'll be back Sunday at 915 for Sunday School, 1030 for worship. Come and join us in person if you can. If not, we'll be there online on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. You come and join us. You stay safe and have a blessed week.